Did you know you can get pre-qualified leads at no extra cost through the TD Auto Finance TD Wheels app? Contact your dealer relationship manager today or call us at 1-855-TD-AUTO-1 to find out more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the September 9th, 2022 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. I consider my guest today a human crystal ball of sorts and an accurate one at that when it comes to all things automotive. He's one of North America's foremost auto prognosticators, and today he'll tell us when the global microchip crisis might end, how and when the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act will affect the Canadian auto industry, and he'll tell us what Stellantis plans to build in factories in Brampton and Windsor, Ontario. All that and much more when I speak with Auto Forecast Solutions' Sam Fiorani on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Sam, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Uh, Glad to be here. Excellent to have you. Let's start here. We're about one quarter of the year left to go, four months, I guess, uh, for the most part. Where are we and what can we expect when it comes to the global microchip shortage? Well, we're still waiting for that uh, magic bullet to get uh, enough capacity for semiconductors for the automotive industry. It's just been a tough slog for the past two years. We're hoping that with all the uh, advancements, the CHIP Act and everything else, that we may have capacity by uh, the end of next year and we can start to see some recovery as, uh, as 2023 comes to an end. It seems like forever we've been talking about, well, by the end of this year or by the end of next year, and now we're into the end of next year. I can remember talking to folks thinking, well, maybe it'll be better by, you know, the end of 2021. And now we're looking at the end of 2023. Is this worse than anyone could have predicted? The problem is that we we expected more parties to step up and uh, provide more supply to the industry. Uh, the automotive industry has been on the short end of this one all along. And the semiconductor industry is just not looking forward to to supplying them with chips when they can make more profitable chips for other industries. So all along, we've been just hoping that automotive would get in front of the, the chip industry, but it just hasn't happened yet. And and with these other incentives, we're hoping that we're on the, the recovery path now. Automakers have sort of traditionally used chips that I don't want to say are outdated, but they're not as profitable as ones that are in sort of smartphones and tablets and computers. Do you see the auto industry changing the chips they use or do they continue to use what they have always used and run the risk of finding themselves in this situation again? The chips that they use are older because they're more proven. You can have a cell phone break down on you and and it doesn't infect your life. But if you're driving along in the middle of an interstate and the car decides to stop running, you can't reboot the car in the middle of the highway because they need to be very robust. We rely on older chips. That said, there are more chips coming that should make more money for chip makers and uh, be better for vehicles. And the electric vehicles coming along will be more advanced than the traditional ICE vehicles that we've had. So even the chips in the EVs will differ from the ones that are in ICE vehicles now? Almost entirely, because they have a different process. They have a different product to do. And and if they're uh, running the fuel injection system and the transmission or they're they're maintaining the batteries, these are different processes and they they could potentially use different uh, chips for that. Okay. 
And we all know that the chip shortage right now, the current one, affects inventory. And we know that automakers continue to prioritize high margin vehicles. Who could blame them? Meaning those cars and trucks and SUVs that cost a little more, make a little more money, they get the available chips first. But is there any truth to the notion and the anecdotes that we hear that automakers also prioritize regions when it comes to inventory? Meaning, in short, does America get available vehicles while Canada gets shortchanged? We don't have any proof to that yet, aside from the fact that the United States is improving their sales a little better and seemingly getting better inventory. Uh, the sales in Canada in August were not as robust as we had hoped, and they were actually probably the lowest August we've seen in decades for Canada. So that example shows that Canada isn't getting quite the attention that the United States is getting where sales were flat to up marginally. Are there any other reasons that sales might be down in Canada? I get tasked with writing the sales story every month and my editors always ask, what's the story? And I just keep saying the story is inventory. There is none. Is there anything else other than inventory that is affecting sales in Canada or the United States for that matter? We have the economic issues across across the world, really. But uh, the inventory issue is prime to this region, probably the biggest driver of the drop in sales uh, and the sluggishness of this industry. Last month, you and Auto Forecast Solutions predicted automakers will sell 1.57 million new vehicles in Canada this year. Uh, does that number still hold or, or what can we expect? Where do you see sales going during the last leg of 2022? We had hoped that, uh, like the United States, Canada would, would see a recovery and we could, we could reach 1.57. August has shown that we're not quite there yet. So we've been forced to push our forecast down and we're closer to uh, 1.514 for the year. This will be a marginal loss for each month going forward. And any additional inventory that Canada can get could potentially boost that forecast going forward. Looking back to last year, did, did you think that this year would actually be worse than 2021 and, and 2020 for that matter? Because that's where we're headed. We're headed to numbers that are lower than some of the heights of the pandemic when we were locked in our homes, when we were told we couldn't go shopping, when people were out of work, but people are back to work. Pandemic isn't over, but a lot of restrictions have been lifted, and yet we're looking at numbers that could be worse than some of the heights of the pandemic. Did you think that would be the case last year looking forward? Well, when the pandemic hit, we didn't expect sales to jump back that quickly. As soon as people could get out and, and buy vehicles, they did. Unfortunately, the as we've said before, the industry stepped out of line for chips, and so this is uh, bringing down the inventory for vehicles. This is hampering the sales this year. We fully expected sales to to pick up, at least be flat because of economic reasons, but not falling off this much. This is entirely inventory led. We're hoping that we can get there with some more, more parts. Chips are not the only reason here. There are other parts of the supply chain that are breaking down. Part of it is COVID, part of it is weather related around the world. There are a number of reasons for this, but, but we're looking at this year, hopefully being the bottom of this uh, wave and we can get start recovering next year. We'll be right back after this short break. At TD Auto Finance, we know that now, more than ever, digital solutions are crucial to building relationships. We're constantly growing and innovating to help you connect with your customers. Our industry-leading app, 
TD Wheels, helps connect customers directly with your dealership, giving you pre-qualified leads at no extra cost. We pride ourselves in giving you the specialized support you need to grow your business. As the only truly full-spectrum lender in Canada, our non-prime, near-prime, and fixed and variable rate prime programs all give you the flexibility you need to support customers in almost every circumstance. Our five-time J.D. Power award-winning sales, credit, and funding teams are available in local offices across the country to help you today. Contact your dealer relationship manager today or call us at 1-855-TD-AUTO-1 to find out more about our award-winning service, innovative programs and products, or even how we can help you find a floor plan financing option that suits your business needs. Welcome back to the podcast where we're hearing from Sam Fiorani of Auto Forecast Solutions. So let's keep looking forward for a moment. How do you see the Inflation Reduction Act and its EV and battery requirements within affecting the Canadian auto industry? And for those listeners that don't know, that act includes incentives for electric vehicles and vehicles with batteries that have a certain percentage of content made or mined in North America or in countries that are, you know, sort of quote unquote friendly to the United States. How does that Inflation Reduction Act affect the Canadian industry? Unfortunately, it doesn't affect the U.S. or Canadian industry that much immediately. It will encourage more uh, production of vehicles in North America, more sourcing of batteries, and more sourcing of battery components. That part will help Canada in the long run when more of the materials that are mined in Canada and supplied to the battery industry will help boost localization of parts for the batteries. But it's not going to happen this year, it's definitely not going to happen next year. This is more of a longer-term plan, and uh, hopefully we can get uh, more of the industry insourced and uh, built in North America. So your auto forecast solutions, forecast is in the name. Let me ask you this. How many years out is it before we see investment related to the Inflation Reduction Act? We should see the investment almost immediately because these things take time. can't expect new battery plants to open overnight. So you're going to need the investment now in order to have them ready to go in two or three years. And the same with the mining industry. We're going to need more investment to get more components out of the ground. This only works if we get all the players going together. And in order for American buyers to get $7,500, a lot of things have to happen in the U.S. and Canada and even Mexico in order for these vehicles to qualify for those incentives. Well, we just saw last month Volkswagen and Mercedes-Benz sign agreements with Canada when it comes to access to key minerals needed in those electric vehicle batteries. So where do you see those types of agreements leading when it comes to actual material auto investment and auto production in Canada? Do those types of agreements eventually lead to, say, a an assembly plant or a battery production facility in Canada? Oh, it will absolutely lead to more investment in Canada, as well as the U.S., but Canada has been finally pushing for localization of the EV future, and we're seeing that with, uh, with Stellantis, and we're seeing that with Volkswagen and Mercedes, and other companies will follow, and we'll see these plants popping up with new products that are EVs or EV-related. I mean, you look around the world, and clearly China is a leader in mining and battery production, and, and there are other regions where... These minerals are available. How big of a player can Canada become? Do you at Auto Forecast Solutions see Canada being a top three player when it comes to the EV supply chain, a top five, a top 10? Where do they kind of slate? What 
what sort of clout does Canada hold right now? Canada will be crucial to the North American EV plan. There are materials in Canada that are well-sourced and affordable, and we can get them into to batteries. So it will be a crucial linchpin to, to making sure that the IRA works and uh, we get vehicles sourced into North America. I can't say that it will be uh, a top five com- country, but it definitely will be a player on the global scale of, of this. We have some big players already looking in there between China, US, Germany. These are major countries. Uh, getting Canada up into the top five is possible, but it will take a lot more investment and a lot more players jumping into both. Let me ask you this. Is Canada more important now than it ever has been in the auto industry, particularly in North America? Canada has always been another player. They have always been that market to the north of the United States. And we've gotten vehicles across the border, both directions. It's always been that other country. Finally, the government of Canada has stepped up and decided this is crucial to the economy of Canada and given money to to players who want to invest there. So now we're, we're seeing more investment and there's a brighter future for automotive assembly plants and components in Canada than there has been in a long time. So let's talk assembly and components that we know Stellantis and LG Energy Solution are building a $5 billion EV battery plant in Windsor, Ontario. And we know Stellantis continues to publicly stand by its promise to building something new in Windsor and in Brampton when it comes to product. What are those factories going to build? We have been waiting for an announcement from, from Brampton for a long time because we, ju- we saw the current product going out of there and nothing to back them up. But finally, uh, we're looking at a new Jeep product moving into to Brampton, and we're looking at uh, the next generation Charger and Challenger moving to Windsor. So there are products on the way for the Canadian plants for Stellantis. When you say the Charger and Challenger moving to Windsor, in whatever iteration they are, is that because they are going to be electrified and the batteries are going to be built in Windsor? That makes the most sense that they already have the infrastructure for uh, batteries supplied to that plant because uh, the Pacifica is already a hybrid and Chrysler has already announced that it will be all EV by 2028, which would mean next generation or replacement for the Pacifica would be an EV. And that's just a few years down the road. So supplying batteries to that plant for every product makes sense. And Charger and Challenger are just part of the package. So in a nutshell, when it comes to the Detroit 3, you see Brampton with a new G product, Windsor getting the Challenger and Charger in its next generation. The Pacifica is there. We know that Ford is going to build up to five electrified vehicles in Oakville. Truck sales continue to boom in North America, and they're being built by GM in Oshawa. Generally speaking, how would you categorize Ontario auto production at this point? Is it on stable footing? How would you paint that picture? It is the most stable it has been in decades. We're looking at uh, between the the former big three and Toyota and Honda. We're looking at really good future for for automotive production in the territory. We're expecting them to, to be stable for at least the next decade. Sam, we couldn't end on a higher note, I don't think. Uh, I appreciate your time and insight, as always. Always a wonderful conversation. Always great to talk to you. I want to thank Sam for being my guest. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, 
automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.